You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana. Our friend Kramer Sansone in the background helping us keep this thing moving. And man, that was a shit performance, Rocky. <laughs> um, uh, I normally try not to get let my anger get the best of me on these things. I normally try to keep it professional. But man, everything was asked today for the Kansas City Chiefs as they fall to the Indianapolis Colts 20 to 17. And just a, a total and complete disaster of a game from the chiefs when you know this colts team we know is not a good football team i get that it's their home opener frank reich matt ryan like backs to the wall there's been infighting with chris ballard and jim ursay because of how bad they've been through the first two weeks of the season and it just did not seem like the chiefs were prepared to take on the indianapolis colts today in their home opener in week three of the nfl season and it showed specifically through special teams but really uh for the most part it was an all-around terrible performance uh, aside from some moments from the defense but ultimately the defense did cost them at the end of the game giving up that late touchdown score to uh rookie jelani woods it was his second of the day um you know, I'll, I'll kick it to you, Rocky. Uh, this was just about as bad as it's going to get from the Kansas City Chiefs, I would have to imagine. F&A, Serta, <laughs> freaking A. I mean, it had to be the Colts too, right? And, you know, in my post-game prediction, I said, the Chiefs are saying that they're not looking past the Colts and that they're gearing up for this game, which tells me that I think they're probably looking past the Colts because that just seems how it is, and that's exactly how it looked today. They showed up completely unprepared. Um, Uncle Dave needs to answer for his special teams unit. I mean, we're talking like – like I'm not saying head's got to roll, but you got to stand and you got to answer some questions like a man because – your team across the board did not perform today, especially in special teams unit. And I see people saying Chris Jones cost us the game. Chris Jones was a bonehead and made a mistake that could have that could have literally ended this game, but he didn't cost us the game. I'll tell you who cost us the game. Special teams cost us the game. Uh, Eric Bieniemy cost us the game. Patrick Mahomes cost us the game. Um, Andy Reid cost us the game. Um, the defense not getting a stop late in the fourth quarter cost us the game. This was a complete team loss from top to bottom where the Chiefs just did not show up to perform today. They are a better team than what they showed today. I'm not pushing the panic button on the season by any means, but this was a garbage performance by a team that should be ashamed of themselves today. So uh, our friend from the Great British Chief Show, Tom Childs, just tweeted out, uh, that was a peak Alex Andy era kind of football game today. And I don't think I could put it better than that. Like, that's what it reminded me of, right? Like the Alex Smith era, Andy Reid Chiefs, where you understand you're good, but occasionally you have these kinds of games where 
you just look disorganized. You have penalties. You have miscues all over the place. The offense can't ever get anything going. And it was just a bad, bad performance. And I want to start with the missed field goal in the fourth quarter of this game. Matty Amendola, backup kicker, obviously. Um, I'm at the point where I'm just like, just put Justin Reed back in as the kicker. Um, I would have to assume Matt Amendola is not going to be a chief. Uh, come about Tuesday of this week, and hopefully Harrison Bucker's healthy enough to get back on the field for them. But it comes down to the special team's decisions and the lack of aggressiveness from the Chiefs throughout the football game. That field goal, that 34-yard missed field goal with 841 left in the fourth quarter, Chiefs did not get the ball back until 18 seconds left in the game after that. The Colts put together a long drive where they were just kind of picking apart the defense. You mentioned the Chris Jones boneheaded penalty, and it was just a disaster. I, I This falls on Andy Reid. I know Dave Tobe had a really, really bad day, and Eric Bieniemy didn't have a great day, and it was just an all-around bad performance from basically every unit on the Chiefs except for the defense at, at moments, but even they couldn't hold up there at the end. I don't understand if you're Andy Reid how you go for that field goal after all of the special teams blunders that we saw today with missing a PAT. Uh, for some reason, you dial up a fake punt after after Sky Moore fumbles the opening punt return. Then on the next play, just looks scared of the football and gets them pinned at the one yard line. It's I, I think back to last season, like the playoff losses for the Green Bay Packers and what a disaster their special teams were. Like those, their special teams literally cost them a playoff win last year, cost them a playoff loss. And that's like what this was today. It was all around, but the special teams were the glaring thing where the special teams, every time they took the field today, they did something negative and put you in a bad position. And that's why I can't forgive going for that field goal there. You got to just leave Mahomes out there and you got to go for it because going for that field goal after your kicker's already missed a PAT, he's a backup kicker. We know that after the special teams has already gotten penalties and been a complete and total disorganized disaster. How do you have the confidence? And after you miss the fake punt, how do you have the confidence to roll them out there and try to go for that field goal? It's unbelievable. I can't believe the decision-making that went into that. You today filled a special teams unit that has shown you all day long that they were the 32nd best special teams unit playing football today. And you had arguably the best football player in the NFL. Even though he, even Patrick Mahomes on his worst day is still better than 90% of, of quarterbacks in the NFL. And you had the worst special teams unit today. And so you decide to, to bet on the worst special teams unit instead of one of the best players in the history of the game and just let him go out there and make a play. You paid Pat to win you football games. Let him go out there and win you the football game, Andy. Like you're overthinking it. You get conservative at times and it kills you. Like, oh my gosh, you got Patrick Mahomes. Use Patrick Mahomes for God's sakes. We are begging you. Yeah, it was just an ugly, ugly football game from the Kansas City Chiefs. And listen, it's not the end of the world. We're only in week three of the NFL season. The Chiefs are two and one. They've already got a huge win over the Los Angeles Chargers under their belt. But this is a game under no circumstance the Kansas City Chiefs should have lost. Like we saw the pressure that they were putting on Matt Ryan and, and the issues that they were having. Uh, 
you know, trying to slow this Chiefs defensive line all throughout the day. And at the end of the day, the Chiefs defense couldn't hold up. But I, I just don't think that the offense and the special teams did anything throughout the entire game to do them really any kind of favors. Like this was just a, a bad, bad football game from the Kansas City Chiefs. And it falls on Andy Reid. It falls on Eric Bieniemy. It falls on Dave Tobe. And I'm not even going to put that much of it on Spags because I thought Spags actually called a pretty good game for the most part. Like it, it sucks that they couldn't hold up and, and stop the Colts at the end of the football game. But neither of the other units did anything to help the Kansas City Chiefs today. It's it, it's just one of those games where I still think the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the AFC. I, I still think they're near the top. I still think that they have Patrick Mahomes and he's going to win you a ton of football games. but. This is just a game you cannot lose. That 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 is an inferior opponent. Like I'm sorry to all the Indianapolis Colts fans out there, but I, I did interviews this week with people who cover the Colts full time, and they were all like, "It's bad. They're not a good football team. This team, this is a team we thought was going to win the division, and they are not good. The Chiefs have absolutely no business losing this football game today. No, the Colts aren't good. The Colts aren't good at all. This looked like one of those games." that we used to lose to the Colts in the playoffs year after year after year, except for those were good Colts teams. And this is a really, 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 really bad Colts team against what's supposed to be a good Chiefs team. And the only two bright spots today were the pass rush that really, really dominated the line of scrimmage all day long. And then also Juju Smith-Schuster, when he was given the opportunity, made plays time after time after time on short yardage throws in the flats. But they just... They decided just to only throw to him seven times. If you throw the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster twice as much, then the offense looks a lot different. Different. They're playing cover four over the top, trying to take away the big play, but you're still not taking what's underneath. Like, like you didn't learn anything against the Bengals, apparently, because the underneath stuff was open all day long. You saw them in the second half. They came out and started attacking the flats, and that's when they had some success. They stopped attacking the flats, and they stall out again. Like, it's not rocket science. Take what's available and move the chains for God's sakes. So let's stick with the offense here. And, you know, I, I'm not going to make any excuses for this performance. Um, I have higher expectations for this chief's offense. And I think they should have absolutely dominated this Colts defense that has been one of the worst defenses in the NFL through two weeks. I mean, they're giving up one of the highest completion percentages in the league and they played Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills in the first two weeks. And for the Chiefs to struggle this bad offensively, it just makes me question how much their heads were really in this football game or if maybe they were playing a little bit too much into the, you know, we're just going to dominate them and not take this game that seriously. It's They just struggled all day. And I want to talk about the wide receivers because you mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster, who wound up having a nice day, uh, you know, helped by that big 50-yard gain. But when do we need to start really worrying about this chief's wide receiver core? Because I know Justin Watson ha has had the, the flashes so far in the first couple of weeks, and he's, he's a fine player making some, some deep down the field plays for the chiefs. Juju's been in, or McColl's been involved quite a bit more this season, but he was clearly banged up today. That heel injury was obviously bothering him multiple times during the game. He'd get hit and go down and like need to come out of the football game. So he's clearly not a hundred percent today. But through three weeks now, the Chiefs only have two wide receiver touchdowns on the season. And we have not seen a single one of them 
really step up and, and really widen the gap is like, I am the clear top option for Patrick Mahomes when I can't go to Travis Kelsey. That's the guy that I'm looking for. And I guess it is Juju through three games and that's who we assume that it's going to be. But I'm starting to get worried uh, about the wide receivers. Like we, we need more consistency from that group of players. And I, I do think they've got some depth there, but we need some guys to make some separation and start actually making some plays because we can't keep talking about this every week where it's just, well, they're still learning and they're still getting better and they'll still figure things out. And Mahomes is going to make plays. Like we need somebody to step up here. And I don't know if they have that guy now through three weeks into the NFL season. I mean, Hardman was injured. He's, he's not 100%. Sky Moore obviously is still learning the playbook and doesn't have a comprehension of the offense because otherwise, in the past, when a player makes a big mistake like that, Andy Reid goes to them almost immediately to try to get their confidence back. And the fact that he didn't go to Sky Moore at all today tells me that Sky Moore doesn't have the comprehension of the offense that we that we would like for him to have, which makes sense because he is a rookie and it's a hard offense to learn. And I get all that. Now, the unforgivable thing is, is that MVS and Patrick Mahomes seem to have zero chemistry whatsoever. And MVS was supposed to be the deep threat that was supposed to help take away what we lost in Tyreek. And th- they are on completely opposite pages. Like, I don't know if they need to get on the practice field and just work on rep after rep after rep together or go out to dinner, go to the club, like just like make make some memories together as friends or something because they they look like they've never met each other or played football together whenever they're trying to play pass and catch out there on the field. Like, like MVS is just a complete non-factor at this point in the offense. And the Chiefs can't have that, especially when McColl's out injured. You know, I mean, it's, it's, oh. it's, it, the offense just doesn't work if he's not out there, if, he, if it's not going to, they're not going to have any like chemistry. Yo, and no disrespect to MVS, but going into the season, I know there was the early training camp OTA hype around like his connection with Mahomes, but I was always cautious on assuming that MVS was going to, you know, take this giant leap forward. Like we saw what he was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Like, he is just a dude. He he is fast and he is long and, and he's got a lot of length and he can make some explosive plays down the field. But he never did that with any level of consistency in Green Bay. And now we're seeing it here in Kansas City. Like that's just who MBS is, in my opinion. Now, I always assumed the preseason training camp hype around Sky Moore and, you know, the fantasy people who are out there saying Sky Moore, number one wide receiver and a Patrick Mahomes led offense. Like, go get him right now in your fantasy lineups. I was sitting here saying the entire time, slow down on Sky Moore, slow down on Sky Moore. Andy Reid doesn't do this with rookie wide receivers. Andy Reid's not just going to put Sky Moore out there for 90% of the snaps to start the season. And now, I expected him to get a little bit more run in the offense than we've seen through three weeks. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about that, but I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Rocky is that he's maybe he's taking time to pick up the offense and they're not going to rush him into it because even when Tyree kill was a rookie, he was making so many of his plays on special teams and kind of designed plays just to get the ball in his hands. We haven't even really seen that with sky yet. And I don't think that, says that much about sky other than he's still trying to learn and he's still trying to find ways that he can get involved with the chief's offense, but it, it's an issue right now. Like they, they need somebody else to step up and obviously, and Kramer, you can throw this up in the background. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time playing highlights from this contest, but 
you know, Travis Kelsey did put together another good game, ha- had uh, multiple key big time plays and, you know, has the touchdown early in the game. And, you know, Travis Kelsey, still an absolute monster, still a, a-, a Hall of Fame caliber tight end. But through three games, I'm not really feeling confident in, in any other pass catcher besides Kelsey. No, and I think if if you if you honestly talk to Kelsey today, he would say that he had two or three plays that the Chiefs needed that he didn't make. I mean, he had a couple crucial drops in this game, and he's still a Hall of Famer. He's still probably the best tight end to ever play the game, but he's his own biggest critic, and he will tell you that there was a couple really big catches that he didn't make today. Um, other than that, I mean, you can't put it all on Kelsey because he's the only person who really did anything in the passing game. So, I mean – yeah, I mean, Kelsey's still that dude. He's the only person that you don't worry about moving forward, honestly. Well, and I, I'm at a point now, too, where I, I'm feeling like Clyde is your most reliable number two option on offense through the first three weeks of the season. And and we've talked about Clyde a ton. I, I still think this is maybe the healthiest that we've seen Clyde so far in his NFL career, this stretch that he's on right now. And he made plays again today. He's still getting involved in the passing game and the chiefs are still rotating a lot of running backs. So it's not like Clyde's out there getting, you know, 85% of the snaps or something. They're still working Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco in, but when Clyde has had his number called so far this season, Clyde has managed to make plays for the chiefs and he's still been impressive. So I I love seeing this from Clyde. and And I think that, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about like he can't keep up this level of efficiency on the limited amount of touches that he's had so far this season, but he's done it in three straight games now. And, and so I feel like as long as they're going to manufacture stuff for Clyde and he ke- continues to play like this and stay healthy, I feel like he's the most reliable option on offense outside of Travis Kelsey now. I mean, he's shown himself to be, and I think a lot of it is because Clyde knows that there's people nipping at his heels and that he has to go out there and perform every single time he touches the ball and that's good. There should be competition out there and the players should feel like their jobs are on the line if they don't perform. And I think Clyde has been amazing. Clyde has surprised the crap out of me, you know, for, through the first three weeks. Um, the question with him is hopefully he just stays healthy because otherwise he's, he's shown himself, you know, yeah, in the offense to be a dynamic weapon so far and a player who you can rely on. Um, one thing that I'm, that one of the biggest issues that, that, almost bit the chiefs again today was the inability to convert on third and short, you know, again. Um, And aside from Clyde, like the question I have for you, Steven is on third and one, why don't you just go to Michael Burton every single time? What's one time when it was third and one that Michael Burton didn't convert. I agree. Why, Um, why, why not? It's, I I think today, especially it just goes back to, Man, this just wasn't Andy Reid's best performance. Um, it wasn't Eric Bieniemy's best performance, and the the down and short issues that they're having, like those, go back to last season, and it doesn't look like it's gotten better this season so far. And so, that's going to continue to be an issue. I, I know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were asked about like quarterback sneaks this week, and Mahomes said, "You know, I want to dust it off. I want to bring it back." And Andy Reid said. He's asked me about it and was just like, yeah, we're not going to do it. Um, like, like, It's just not something that we're going to do. And it's something that Andy Reid hasn't done since Mahomes had that knee injury against the Broncos on a quarterback sneak in 2019. So I don't blame the Chiefs for doing that. But I, I do think that it's been an issue with 
not being able to use Mahomes in that way and them trying to get overcomplicate things in those situations where it, to me, like what you're saying, Rocky is it's simple. Just give Michael Burton the ball and let him get it because Clyde's not necessarily that kind of guy. You don't really have another running back. Maybe it's Pacheco, but we haven't seen that from him so far, like in the limited touches that he's gotten. And so the, the down and distance short, short yardage plays uh, are still an issue that's plaguing this offense. And I don't really know how they're going to be able to fix that, but we're, we're, we're running long because we're frustrated and, and we're venting. And, and I, I, I'm glad you guys are hanging out with us. Uh, we're not trying to be totally negative on tonight's show, but it's a very frustrating football game. But I, I do want to talk about the defense really quick because the defense was the one bright spot in, in a game that, you know, we could sit here and talk for hours about how bad the offense and how bad the special teams were. But the defense did make enough plays despite giving up that late fourth quarter touchdown that inevitably cost you the game. I don't think that should be totally held against the defense because they did enough throughout the game to win this football game. The offense came, came up short and the special teams were just a complete and total disaster. But, you know, in the absence of Willie Gay, which I was worried about going against this Colts team that likes to use Neheim Hines in the passing game a lot, and he can be an explosive pass catcher for them out of the backfield because they don't use Jonathan Taylor a ton that way. But, Legereus Sneed had a monster game. Nick Bolton had a monster game. Carlos Dunlap had a monster game. Darius Harris had a monster game stepping in for Willie Gay. Like Darius Harris has some deficiencies and he has some things about his game that you're going to be able to exploit the way that you can't exploit things with Willie Gay. But that's why Darius Harris is a backup. He was a menace in the run game today. He had multiple big time tackles. So I think you have to be very uh, happy with the performance that you got from Darius Harris. And we saw those other playmakers, Sneed, Dunlap, Bolton. Like we saw those guys step up and make big time plays when you needed them to. And I think the defense generally did do enough other than that late fourth quarter touchdown drive, which again, it was a nice drive by the Colts. They just picked them apart and they bled the entire clock. Like they were not in any hurry. I told you the Chiefs missed that field goal with 841 left in the game and they didn't get the ball back until there was 18 seconds left. Like that's how long that drive was by the Indianapolis Colts. But I, I don't think we should pin that on the defense when they were the best unit on the football field today for the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, through three and a half quarters, they dominated the Colts offense. I mean, you go down the list of the defensive starters today and every single person made a play. I mean, Frank Clark had a sack. Um, Chris Jones, despite the bonehead penalty was a wrecking force in the middle who just dominated the Colts offensive line. Like you said, Nick Bolton. I mean, he had that, that crucial fourth down stop. He had a sack, you know, Spags actually decided to dial up heat, you know, with a linebacker for a change and it worked. Um, yeah, you got, you got Sneed, you got Thornhill. I mean, literally, you go down the, the line of every single offensive starter, and they all made amazing plays. Um, Dunlap and Harris seemed to be comboing on play after play after play in the second half, and it, it was a lot of fun to watch. Like, this defensive performance up until the end was a joy to watch. Like, the, as, bad as, the, as, as bad and as hard it was to watch the offense – it was fun to watch the defense today. The offense and the special teams just kept putting them in terrible positions. I mean, that first touchdown, I mean, after that muff punt, I mean, the defense goes out there and and gets you it gets you gets off the field fast and you just and you just totally screw them over by putting them, you know, right there inside of the 10. Yeah. I I think the defense did enough today and 
you know, it really sucks that we're not going to see Willie Gay for the next month uh, because I wanted to see what this defense continued to look like. And right now through three games, Rocky, I feel like the defense is the most consistent part of this football team um, at the moment. And that's not a great situation to be in, but at least something is working and there's something to feel positive about. And I do think for the most part, you should feel positive about the performance you saw from the Chiefs defense, especially without Willie Gay, who I, I think has been really, really important to what they've done so far this season. Um, before we get to your guys' reactions from the game, and, and again, you can tweet at us if you'd like, uh, hashtag AP Rapid Reaction Show. We got to talk about the offensive line for a second. Um, you know, it, it's been, I feel like, kind of flown under the radar a, a little bit through the first two weeks because. You know, you dominate the Cardinals week one and, and you pull off a big game against the Chargers prime time short week. And, you know, and, and you're going against Bosa and Mac in that that dominant pass rush. And you say, like, well, we just had to figure it out against them because that pass rush is going to dominate every offensive line that they play. But through three games, I feel pretty confident in, in saying that the Chiefs offensive line is a problem so far. Um you know, Trey Smith has struggled a little bit, and I still think that Trey Smith is a stud offensive guard, but he is kind of banged up right now, still dealing with that ankle injury. He's playing through it, but I think it's safe to say that he's maybe not 100%, and there's only so much Tooney and Creed can do from the interior. Andrew Wiley did leave the game for a little bit, but he wound up coming back in for the Kansas City Chiefs, but Andrew Wiley has not been particularly good, and Orlando Brown Jr., has not been good in the passing game at all. He has not been good pass blocking this season. And for a guy that's looking to be paid, like he's one of the highest paid left tackles in football so far, he has not been impressive and he does not look like he should be getting paid the contract that the chiefs even offered him, let alone one of the three highest paid left tackles in football. Like I'm legitimately starting to get worried about this offensive line because we're seeing Patrick Mahomes under duress each and every week now. I mean, it literally, like, did Lawrence Taylor quantum leap into Yannick Ngakwe's body today? And just, like, I mean, because Orlando Brown Jr. wants to get paid. Like, he's the best tackle to ever play football. And he let a guy who was a middle-of-the-pack good pass rusher make him look like a fool today. Like, he didn't – it wasn't that he got beat from time to time. He got beat down today by the Colts' edge rushers. And the Colts don't have great edge rushers. They're fine. They're good. Like, Quiddy Pay is fine. Yannick Ngakwe is fine. But if you want to be so what's considered the best offensive line in football, like the Chiefs have kind of touted with their rebuild, then you got to be able to handle these guys. And through three games, we've said, oh, yeah, well, the Chiefs got beat by the pass rush. But like you said, you know, oh, well, we had – you know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and these guys are all-world talents and blah, blah, blah. But what about you? You're supposed to be an all-world talent on the offensive line also. Like, that's what you've been building yourself as this whole time. Then stop the guy. Like, it's it's, it's that simple. You, you got the best quarterback in football. Keep him upright. Don't let him get chased down from behind and hit from behind and make us hold our breath 13 times a game. Like, it's – like, I'm sorry, Orlando Brown, but you're not athletic enough. Like, you're getting beat. You're getting beat around the edge every single time. Your kick step doesn't get back fast enough, and you get out of position. You're too long and tall, and you bend over too much. Like, I know you want to you wanna be the best left tackle in football, but I want to win the slam dunk competition in the NBA. I can't even touch the net, Steven, and I know that about myself. You know, to thy own self be true, man. Like, know who you are. You're not that guy. 
you haven't shown yourself to be that guy. And I'm talking out of emotion a lot here, but through three weeks, show me otherwise. That's the whole thing. If, if what I'm saying is not true, then go out there and show something else. The most worrisome part about this offensive line so far this season is that we're seeing out of the gate they're struggling. Like it's not just, you know, late into fourth quarters where you're tired and you're banged up from an entire NFL contest. Patrick Mahomes was under pressure on the very first offensive snap of the game and, and was under pressure pretty much the entire game. Like he was having to break the pocket a ton today and escape the pocket and try to get outside and, and make plays because he's just getting all kinds of pressure put on him. And, you know, uh, Quiddy Pay and Yannick Ngakwe and DeForest Buckner, like those are nice players, but like this pass rush wasn't dominating anybody in the first two weeks of the season. And they're going up against offensive lines that aren't very good in Houston and Jacksonville. Like this team got blanked in Jacksonville last week and Jacksonville's offensive line is not exactly uh, the Eagles offensive line or something like that. So them putting this much pressure on Patrick Mahomes is very worrisome. It's very worrisome for this offensive line as a whole. Cause I do not think that we looked at this unit as a cornerstone strength of the team. And through three games, I don't think they've been that. I don't think they've been close to that through three games. And so it's an issue. And, you know, I, I don't know how you fix that. If you're playing this poorly at the beginning of the season, maybe there's some injuries. Maybe guys are a little bit more banged up than we know about. Cause the chiefs are kind of secretive about that stuff, but they just have not been good so far this season. And so, yeah, it, it is something that we absolutely need to worry about. And we've got a large enough sample size at this point to say that it's an issue. And I think it's something that can continue to be an issue for the chiefs throughout the rest of the regular season. And uh, I do want to mention again that the Buffalo bills did lose the Miami dolphins. So, um, you know, and Buffalo just, their defense was absolutely decimated by injuries this week. Like they're missing like half their defensive starters. So I still think that the bills are probably the top of the AFC, but as of right now, Rocky, the Miami Dolphins are the only undefeated team in the AFC uh, uh, after after today's game. So uh, this is not where we thought we'd be, I, I don't think. I, I don't think that we thought they would lose this week three contest to the Indianapolis Colts, but they did, and, and it was an ugly game. So let's get to your guys' reactions from this Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, we put it out on Twitter, uh, each and every home game, and we want to try to get some of your guys' reactions into the postgame show. Uh, this is from JB Bunch 630. Offense doesn't seem right. Orlando Brown doesn't look good today. <laughs> Rocky, we just talked about it. <laughs> I, I think there's some offensive issues that you need to address. And I think the offensive line is a problem so far this season. Yeah, I think the one thing that that kind of played into it a little bit is that they did play the Jags last week. And Doug Peterson does run a similar offense to Andy Reid. So basically the Colts defense got back-to-back -back looks you know, at the same offense and you're always going to do better on the test the second time. Uh, from at Devin Hoover, 11 play calling questionable for the second week in a row. We're scared of the Colts defensive line when in striking distance before half, this is one of the easier defensive matchups we've had. I agree um, on paper. This should have been a cakewalk offensive performance for the Kansas city chiefs. Um, it's well documented how much Patrick Mahomes shreds Gus Bradley's defense and I don't think that the Colts really made any significant adjustments in the way that they chose to play the chiefs today. It's just that the difference here between the first two weeks of the season for the Colts is that they play so much zone and rely so heavily on their guys up front to get pressure 
that when they get pressure, the defense actually kind of works and the defensive line got pressure today. So their secondary looked better as a result of it. That's a Gus Bradley defense, right? Um, so I guess we didn't actually talk about this very much, Rocky and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy getting into it right before halftime. And we talked about it a little bit in our group chat on the, um, conservative play calling, I guess, if you want to call it that with Andy Reed, I do think it's an issue that has plagued the chiefs for a long time here. Andy Reed, for some reason, doesn't like pushing the envelope right before half. Like he does it. It, it seems like I, I can think of like a dozen times over the last like, couple of seasons where it's like, what are we doing? Call a timeout, conserve time before the half and get, get the ball back. You can go score and then you get the ball back after the break and you could score again. And then all of a sudden you're up by three scores. Like, what are we doing here? Andy Reed just seems to never do it. And the Chiefs got the ball back right before the half. They decide to dial up a couple of deep throws that don't complete. And then there's 20 seconds left. And they decide to run the ball uh, needing 20 yards to pick up a first down and run the clock out just to go to the break. And Patrick Mahomes was noticeably frustrated and got into it with Eric Bieniemy. I don't think there's that much to read into that. I think that competitive people argue and things like that happen. I don't think it's that uncommon for a player to be frustrated with a certain in-game scenario that a coach is calling. But I think the Chiefs should be more aggressive. I don't understand... When Andy decides to be aggressive, it's great. And it seems to work really well. But then he kind of falls back into these like shells sometimes where he's just like, no, we don't want to make any mistakes. Like this is Alex Smith era, Andy. And I don't know why he's playing like that when you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, and the argument's going to be that after the penalty, they got backed up to the, you know, to first and 20 and then they had an incomplete pass. And then so their only real option at that point was a Hail Mary. Okay, Throw a Hail Mary. Put Jody Fortson on the field. Put Justin Watson on the field. Put MVS on the field. Get them downfield and then throw a Hail Mary and let your tall guys jump up and go after it and see what happens. The worst that's going to happen is that the ball is going to get intercepted and then you go into the, and then they kneel it out and you go into the half. Like, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't read too much into the argument. I don't think that EB makes the call to, um, to run the ball without Andy Reid's blessing in the first in the first place. I think that that's why Andy came over and kind of just told Pat, like, let's get in the locker room. Let's not argue out here in front of everybody. Um, and EB was just trying to say, listen, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. You were wrong about that. EB, you guys weren't fine. You hadn't been fine the whole game. You may have liked the situation that you were sitting at um, going into halftime up by four points, but listen, if you're up by 11 points, it's a lot better. If you're up by seven points, it's a lot better. Why not take the shot? It wasn't a situation where if you go for it, you're not you're 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 at risk of the other team scoring. Like that wasn't the situation you were in at that point. So might as well take the shot. And do we have any other listener reactions to the Chiefs loss to the Colts, Kramer? Uh, it's from Alex Webb. So a tight end and a running back are our only weapons at this point, from what I see. And Watson is looking like he needs more touches, but the wide receiver core is trash. Um, we talked about it earlier in the show. Um, I, I do think it's been under-discussed, and I think it's something we should start paying more attention to. The Chiefs only having two wide receiver touchdowns through three games is worrisome. Um, and, and I feel like you haven't seen anyone in this group of wide receivers really separate themselves. And you know, Justin Watson is a fun player, and Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes almost hit him for another long touchdown today, but he just wasn't able to hang on to it. And you know, if he catches that ball and is able to complete that pass. And it was a pretty nice play by the Colts defender. Um, you know, maybe we're having a different conversation right now, but 
it is worrisome that Justin Watson and McCole Hardman are your only two wide receiver touchdowns through three contests now. And I think that Clyde and Kelsey are the only guys that you can rely on. I don't know that, you know, Justin Watson getting a serious uptick in snaps is really going to make that big of a difference. But at this point, I'd like to see him get more snaps than MVS just because I just don't think that MVS is a playmaker. Yeah, I believe in Watson over MVS at this point too. But at the same time, Watson had a couple of opportunities to make plays, not just on that touchdown where the, the where the safety came over and made a really nice play to break it up. But there was a couple of balls that he could have dug out. That one that, that Mahomes threw was on third down that he wasn't able to dig out and make the reception on. Like That was a crucial catch. Um, and so if you want a bigger part of the offense, if you're a guy in Watson's position, then you've got to come through when you get your opportunities. Um, and he came through last week. He just didn't come through this week. We'll see what happens next week. But really, the road is open for Watson at this point to kind of pave his own path. He just has to go out there and make plays when he gets his opportunities and prove that he deserves more touches. Yeah, let's see it. Let, let's see it, Andy. Let's let's get Justin Watson more involved in the offense. Uh, I don't know how to say that handle, so I'm not going to try. Classic Chiefs going to crap this game down their legs. I mean, it feels like it's been a while since we've seen this bad of an all-around Chiefs performance. Uh, maybe you want to point to the AFC Championship game in that second half against the Bengals. I, I, I totally get that, and I understand that. But it is worth mentioning that the Chiefs lost to the Colts a couple of years ago, early on in the regular season. They went on and went, won the Super Bowl that year. Um, it's I, I don't know what the indie thing is. I, I don't know what the issue is here, but... Yeah, this was about as ugly of an all-around Chiefs performance as we've seen in a really long time. Yeah, I mean, and it was classic Chiefs, but that's classic Chiefs as in pre-Patrick Mahomes era, right? And so, I mean, I'm not concerned about it moving forward, but they got to get some things fixed. Yeah, from Kevin Cook, Nick Bolton was a beast. Yeah, we talked about it. It's I, I discussed this week on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, like, I think we're about to see Nick Bolton take this thing to another level in the absence of Willie Gay. And he he took steps towards doing that today. Um, I think Nick Bolton's a star and he looks like a star. He, him being uh, such a leader on this defense that has so many that has so many veteran players who are experienced and, and have seen a lot of things in the NFL. Like Nick Bolton being a second year guy and so many of these Chiefs defenders looking to him like as a, a leader type of player on that side of the ball, I think is says a lot about him and it's really impressive. And he was impressive again today. I, I think Nick Bolton is just going up and up right now. And, and I can't wait to see how he continues to improve. I mean, he just has to keep making plays, and and the more he does them on primetime games later in the year, the more national coverage he's going to get, and then once he gets that national coverage, he's going to start being regarded as the quality of player that he is, which I think is a top five middle linebacker in the NFL at this point. Yeah, he was fantastic today, and last one before we get out of here, uh, we are going to get killed by Tampa. <laughs> well, let's see. Tampa Bay's got a lot of issues themselves right now. Um they just signed Cole Beasley and activated him to the roster because they also do not have Mike Evans this week. They don't have Chris Godwin. They don't have Julio Jones. I think Russell Gage was questionable. Like they have no wide receivers. Their offensive line has totally fallen apart. Brady actually hasn't been good through two games, despite the fact that the Bucks are two and oh, and they've got the Packers today. So we'll see how that winds up shaking out for them. But I think Tampa is a little overrated right now. Tom Brady hasn't been very impressive through two games. It's their defense has actually been playing really well. And it's the reason that they've won both of those football games, not their offense. 
Yeah, their defense is way better than their offense at this point, to be honest. Uh, they're currently down 6-3 to three to the Packers in the first quarter, and as long as Tom Brady keeps throwing tantrums every time he gets frustrated on the sideline like Corella DeVille, then I think that the Chiefs can get in his head if they play like they did in the first half this week. I mean, the guy is the guy looks like he's literally wasting away into a skeleton, like in one of those Indiana Jones movies before our faces. I don't know. I don't I don't know what he did in the offseason, but he doesn't look healthy. The man has had some work done, and I am not a I think that this is the cliff. Like the cliff you talk about, all players fall off a cliff at some point. I think Tom Brady is inching closer and closer to his cliff with every single week. And we might hopefully next week we see our entire front four just push him off that cliff. Just push him all the way off the cliff and we can be done with it. We'll see how it goes. We'll have plenty of coverage for you on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, so please make sure you check that out each and every day. Also, make sure you check out all of our brand-new work at arrowheadpride.com. Just hired a bunch of new writers, so after this game, even though it wasn't exactly the win that we were looking for, um, we've got a ton of incredible content coming out for you guys all throughout today, all throughout tomorrow, all throughout this entire week as we move forward and move on to the Chiefs' next opponent. Please make sure you follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magana. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Please follow our guy Kramer at Kramer Talks. And make sure if you're listening on the podcast, on the podcast, please make sure that you stick around immediately following us. We will have all the Chiefs postgame press conferences for you. Again, I'm Steven Serta. He's Rocky Magana. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, we appreciate you listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Not the result we were looking for as the Chiefs fall to the Colts 20-17. to After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and safety Justin Reed. We'll go in that order, starting with Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. All right. Um, 
there are no injuries to give you. Uh, I will tell you that um, I didn't have our guys uh, ready to go well enough, and it's my responsibility. Could have put our guys in a lot better positions during that game and uh, didn't take advantage of that. So I thought we had some real good downs, but we also had some turnovers and and uh, some mistakes uh, that shouldn't have taken place. And um, we'll correct those and get ourselves back ready to go. So with that time's yours. Coach, what do you say to Chris Jones um, on that fourth down play? What was your message to him? I know it, it kind of like changed the game, but what do you say to him after an error like that? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't see any pushing or shoving. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you know, two, there were two guys talking to each other. I know that. And it seemed like um, Chris got called on that. So uh, the, I guess the best advice would be don't talk. So you didn't get any further explanation on that, on that flag? Nope. That was what I was told. And can you walk us through the decision to it look from our vantage point? Like it's a fake field goal. I guess, A, is that the case? Um, what the decision was for that? Uh, yeah, that's one I probably should have called. From the start of the game, uh, it seems like special teams uh, had a few mistakes. How much does that carry over to the rest of the game? Yeah, well, you listen, you, you know, in the NFL, there, there's the, the parody is crazy. So any mistakes get magnified, and that's just how it goes. And so we got to clean that up. You know, we got to clean it up, and, and we'll get that taken care of. How would you just characterize the offense right now? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I've got to make sure I'm putting the guys in a better position and get get us in a rhythm. I've got to get us in a, do a better job, get us in a rhythm. And uh, that's not taking place. So, um, you know, we, we've got to, i got to go back and look at that. And yet, as you guys are getting ready to go into the locker room for halftime, it appeared that Patrick and EB didn't agree on decision. I don't know if it was whether to go for a Hail Mary. Yeah. You had to sort of separate the two. Can you just... No, I, yeah, that, there wasn't. I, I, I'm i sure that's how it looked, but it, there really wasn't... When I say He wanted to go for it, obviously. Like he, Hail Mary specifically? No, not a Hail Mary. Something else that we have in the plan, but, but I thought it was best not to do it, so he was just... He's a competitive kid, you know, and he wants to you know, take advantage of every opportunity. I thought it was best just to let that ride there, but Really, if you heard the words that were said, that wasn't, I don't know how it looked to you guys, but it, it wasn't a confrontation at all. That's not what it was. On, on that second, on that opening drive that you had the second half, you went for it the first time on fourth down, decided to kick the field goal the second time you were on the fourth, uh, fourth down. What was the difference? In yeah, it was a little bit longer, and we had shot, I thought we had a shot at making the field goal right there. Andy, yeah. um, uh, how much trust did you have in Amendola today? Um, I listen. I had trust him because he made it last week. You know, so um, uh, at a certain spot, right? I want to make sure we we didn't put him in a in a bad position. He's a young guy that's just starting off here. So I mean, tried to make sure it was the right right position to put him in. Was there any any decision to have Justin kick, kick today for you? No. Uh, Nate asked you a minute ago about the, the fake field goal. Can you elaborate on your answer? You would. I'm not sure what you what your answer was. Yeah, my answer was that I should probably not have done that. So that's easy to see now. Go elaborate on your reasoning for doing it in the first place. Yeah, we thought we'd have it. Anything else? 
Yeah, I mean, we just didn't play good enough, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, starting with me. Um, obviously, we, we we missed some kicks and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, we we had multiple opportunities to score. So, I mean, we have to find ways to get the ball in the end zone, and that starts with me. You can't just get yards. we got to be able to get in the end zone when we're down there. The offensive line, I know there's a little struggle there. How did you assess what was going on between the offensive line? I know they have a good defensive line, but how would you assess that? Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of money in that defensive front. They got a lot of great players. So, I mean, obviously, I, I got to go back and watch the film. But I thought they battled. Um, and it's my job to get the ball out of my hand. And I felt like I was holding a little too long in certain situations. And I got to be better in that, in that instance. And um, I think I got better as the game went on. But two slow starts in a row, you got to get better in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll, I, I'm, I wanted to go try to score. I mean, that's just who I am. Um, we were in a tough situation. I believe it was like second or third and 20 or and something like that. And the, probably the smart decision was to just take it. We had got the ball out of half. Let's just go to the go to halftime. But I'm always going to be wanting to score. And, I mean, I pretty much just said, let me have a chance at it. And then he was just like, let's, let's, let's get back in the locker room and we'll, we'll get something going for the next half. And um, I guess uh, I don't know if that's an altercation, but, I mean, that was just that was the end of the conversation. No, yeah, it was just it, it was the run because uh, I tried to go deep the first two times, and obviously they were in a, like a deep coverage, and I was just all I, all I said was I, I was I'm not going to turn it over. I'll get it out, try to get to the sideline, and get us a chance to kick a field goal. But I mean, it's a tough situation. I mean, I'm me. I'm on the field. I'm playing. I want to always try to go score. That's who I am. Um, but that, that's their job is to make sure they manage the game the right way. And um, I mean, we we had multiple chances to win after that. We just got to be better in the second half. We got to gel all together. I mean, it starts with me. I mean, there were certain throws I was putting on guys' back hips instead of in front of them. Um, there were certain situations where um, we were just barely off. If it was a D lineman got around my feet and I missed Justin Watson, or if it was um, a throw at the end of the game where I could have maybe tried to put it in front of Juju and it gets tipped up for a pick. I mean, it's it's just little things like that. Whenever you're playing a tough game like that, you have to execute at a higher level, and uh, we have to learn from it. I mean, our schedule gets no easier. We go to, we have a, a hard game Sunday night football against Tampa next week with a great defense. Um, so we have to get better quickly, and if we don't, uh, we don't want these L's to start piling up. We want to make sure we get back on that winning train. Patrick, it seems like the deep ball hasn't been there as much as it was in years past. Uh, what are you seeing from defense? Are they playing you any differently than how they have been? Yeah, I mean, they're playing deep. I mean, that's that's their goal is to make us drive the field and make us execute. I had the one in the first first drive. I missed uh, Marquez. Um, I got to hit that, especially in games like this. Uh, if I hit that throw, it's probably a whole different ball game. But other than that, I mean, they played back the entire game. They let us drive the field, and they stopped us in the red zone. I'm sure that was their game plan going in. They executed it uh, well. Well, special teams had a few. I mean, I, I don't expect any growing pains. I mean, you, you obviously have new players and. You don't know how they're gonna, how everybody's going to respond in tough situations. So um, you know we can learn from it. Um, but for me, I'm always going out there with the expe- expectation that we're going to win. Patrick, uh, special teams earlier had a few mistakes. You've been on the offensive side of the ball. How much does that carry over to the rest of the game? You can't let it carry over. I mean, you have to just kind of respond. I mean, even though 
we had the early mistakes and stuff like that. I mean, we trust those guys in those positions. That's why we keep going back to them. Um, uh, for us as offense, we got to make it where those little mistakes don't cause a loss. I mean, we had multiple chances to get in the end zone. If we get in the end zone one time and, uh, and so don't stall out in the red zone that second half, the game's over. So, I mean, it's just with the defense plays like this, the defense plays like they did today and they've played this whole season, we got to win these football games. This guy is young. Yeah, I talked to him. I mean, we have full trust in this guy. He's talented. Um, he makes. He made one mistake. I mean, at the end of the day, he made one mistake um, that that ended up uh, causing a touchdown. But I think he'll make a lot of plays in that Chiefs uniform that uh, will be positive for us. And so we're gonna keep going back to him and keep giving him chances to make plays. A couple more. Yeah, I mean, I, I try most times. Uh, they did a good job of stopping us. A couple of times there at the goal line, I had the one where it kind of slipped out of my hand trying to get to Kels uh, real fast. And, and in certain situations, you, you have to just take the points and when a game's going like this. And I think you see that sometimes. I mean, the defense plays like they're playing right now. I mean, I have full trust the offense is going to figure it out. So, I mean, if that, that's the positive I see in this game is defense is playing, playing really good football. And the offense, we have to learn to get better as the season goes on so we can win a lot of football games. Were you feeling, were you feeling the momentum kind of shifting from time to time, obviously? I didn't. I mean, the way our defense was playing, uh, I mean, you, you were just relying on them. You were just trying to find ways to put points on the board. I mean, they've, they've done a great job these first few weeks. They did a great job today. Um, and uh, they have played players too, and we gave them too many chances, and we didn't put it in the end zone. And then they played at the end of the day. So uh, it's, uh, I didn't feel the momentum really swing until after they scored the last touchdown. Um, but, uh, I mean, we have to be better. I mean, that's all I can say as an offense. We have to be better. I just, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if you can assess how the team is yet. Um, I just want to find ways to win at the end of the day. Um, we obviously aren't playing the way we wanted to these last two weeks on offense, um, but we've been battling, and the guys battling, you can see them battling to the very end. Um, and so you, you, you love that, um, but you got to find, I mean, our schedule, we have a tough schedule, so we have to find a way to win these football games. They're going to be tough, tough contests, and so uh, we'll see how we respond. I'm excited to see how the guys respond. All right, thank you. Yeah, um, you know, in this league, a lot of times football comes down to situations. And we had a situational football at the end of the game, and we came up short. I think we made too many plays shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, and the Colts came out and executed, and credit to them. They did a good job um, taking time off the clock and then going down and getting points on the board. Yeah, I mean, Chris is a veteran, and I don't really speak much on other players, but um, he knows what it, what's going on. You know, we'll just have to chalk that one up, look at ourselves, and get better from it. How frustrating was it to, as you said, shoot yourself in the foot time and time again in the game? All facets of the game had their problems. Just how frustrating was that as the game won? Yeah, um, I mean, that's the National Football League. Um, it's a game of inches. Um, you can't do things that beat yourselves, and you got to go out there and win. I would give a lot of credit to um, the Colts special teams. Um, I think they did a hell of a job today. Um, but we got some things. We did some good things on the field today. Um, just came a little bit short. And, you know, we're just going to have to go back, watch the tape, and uh, 
we'll learn to move on from this and not repeat those mistakes. Um, I think that mentally this team is, has a good fortitude to where, you know, when bad things happen, um, we're able to move on to the next play. Um, it was just, you know, last week whenever we were able to turn the tide on the game. And, you know, this week, it's just, that's just how the NFL goes sometimes. So um, I don't think that this is anything that's going to be detrimental to us as a program, um, to the mentality of the locker room. I think we're all still hungry to be successful, and we're just going to be chopping at the bit after we watch this tape. Um, to get ready for our next opponent. What was Andy's message to you guys after the game? Um, just to stay consistent. Um, a lot of the same things. We know what we did. Um, we could. We had opportunities to win this game, and we just came up short. So, in order to win in this league, you gotta, you gotta win those inches and be successful. I thought a lot of them were very effective. Um, I thought they were able to confuse their offensive line, but that's Coach Spag's specialty, you know, having guys come from all over. So um, that was part of the good things that we did. All right. Thank you. Michelle. Thank you, guys. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.